Welcome to the Bite of Y podcast, everyone. Happy New Year 2021. This is our this is our second episode of the year, and um, episode number eight. We made it this far, Nash, and we are joined by two special guests from Norway. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. We have Karina and Lassie from Norway. Um, and uh, today's topic of discussion is going to be Tesla and Norway and how they're trailblazing the world on the EV front. All right. Can you just give us a bit of background about uh, yourselves, Karina and Lasse? Let's start with Karina. No. <laughs> a bit of background about yourself with Tesla. I mean, just um, what what models of Tesla or models or model of Tesla you own and when your first experience was and how's your journey been so far with your vehicles? Let's start with that. Yes, we started in, uh, got our first Tesla in uh, 2014. It was a, a Model S 85. Wow. And, uh, so uh, my, my sister got, got one the year before, so found out we, we needed one, we, <laughs> we do. Oh, nice. We uh, traveled uh, Europe down to Monaco and Italy, yeah, the summer after. Had it for two years. And it was a, our only car. We had changed our diesel and in with the Tesla. It was our first EV. And then we uh, we got the, the Model X, the X, the uh, 60D. We still got that one. And a second EV and Volkswagen E-Up. Oh, nice. But uh, my husband, went, hmm, he didn't want to drive just that, and I have a Tesla all the time. Oh. <laughs> okay. So uh, we ended up buying a second Tesla, another Model S. But that we changed to uh, a, Mod a Model 3 performance last year. So we have two Teslas. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're OG Tesla owners, 2014. Wow, that's that's way back. That's way back. Um, yeah. What was the range of your Model S when you got it back in 2014? Mm, I'm not sure. Four much lesser than your Model Three, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It, but yeah, they have longer ahead. range than the the Model X. True. That has only 285 kilometers now. Now? Yes. Now, yes. The, the, the it's the s small the software um, capped uh, battery, you know. Oh, I see. I see. Ah, oh, the one that you have. Okay. The one that you have. Okay, okay. I get okay. it. I get it. And get could it. you upgrade your battery? Did, did Tesla uh, uh, sort of unlock the battery at all day? It's, uh, it was possible, but uh, yeah. they have removed that uh, option. So... But uh, ah. it's uh, no problem. We can charge to kind of eighty-six percent of the of the seventy-five kilowatt battery, our battery. So it's fine. Nice. Yeah, because you charge hundred every day, don't you? Yes, so we you could charge to hundred percent every day, and we have a region even at hundred percent. So. Oh, because so. you have <laughs> the you have the the uh, the buffer. Oh, nice. Yes, we have the buffer. And uh, it okay. actually has uh, around 30 kilowatt charging all the way to the top. So it wow. charges pretty fast yeah, too. Pretty fast. Wow. Awesome. Wow. That's very interesting because 
living in a country i mean i live in canada right and where it gets as cold as sometimes in norway um i'd like to just circle back to that point you're saying you have regen even at 100% because i've never experienced that i have zero mm-hmm. regen at 100% whether it was my model yeah. 3 or my model y i've yeah. never had that so if the battery is uh, freezing cold then it- It rolls no, it's very, very good. <laughs> well down the hill. <laughs> no, 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 no. No rolling down hills. Yeah. No rolling down hills. No, this is this is my experience having charged. I charge to ninety percent at home, and uh, I'm plugged into the Tesla HPWC. And uh, whenever I do go for a long road trip, I do charge to a hundred percent. But at that point, if it's in winter, I don't have any regen braking. So. I have to consciously push my foot on the brake, like no, yes. because you can get used <laughs> yeah. to it, right? Like, yeah. anyway, we'll circle back to that later in the podcast, though. Lastly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with Tesla. I um, as well got my first Model S in 2014. Uh, very happy with that car, uh, and then I got uh, in the first referral program. You you could win a Model X or win the chance to buy. Uh, founders edition model x wow so wow. i um i won that and then i had to change to a model x so i sold the model s and i kept the model x i still have it it was in 2016 it's a p90d founders edition and wow. that's that's the car i use every day but i also as we talked about uh have a model s that i rent out and i have a model 3 that i bought for my kids i have a, this is their room i have a 18 year old twin <laughs> okay that's nice awesome. that's yeah. amazing so like we have a model 3 wow oh it's brilliant we have a bit of everything here like i mean everybody's got like a bit of everything in tesla like we have people who've had tesla since 2014 and then yeah here, um nash you have the spanking new 2021 model 3 i have the 2020 right. model y that's awesome Nash, I, I why don't you just in 2021? Why don't you give us a little bit of background about uh, okay, so, your experience with Teslas? Okay, 2020 on on Christmas Eve, 2020, 24th of December, I bought the 2021 Model 3. Um, this is a long range, uh, I bought, um, and I'm really enjoying it. And and to be honest, I actually upgraded to the 2021 Model 3 from a Model X. So my Model X is out for hire. So I've let my Model X for hire. Uh, and somebody has done a long-term hire of my Model X, and I feel that I have definitely upgraded to uh, Model 3 from a Model X because uh, the technology is different, the drivetrain is different. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I have another 2020 SR Plus Model 3 out for hire as well. So I have uh, two Model 3s um, out for uh, so so two Model 3s. So one Model 3 I use, and the the SR Plus is out for hire, and the Model X is out for hire as well. Uh, and my wife has got a Model S, so we have uh, we went all in for, into, into Tesla. Big Tesla because, family. <laughs> yes, an all Tesla family. So we don't uh, have we don't have an ice car at all. Uh, our choice was uh, because we had to go to a Tesla. Uh, uh, the reason being, my daughter is a, a childhood asthmatic, and uh, she used to have asthmatic attacks all the time, and she we had no idea what was causing her um, those attacks. Uh, and one of the pediatricians, uh, they suggested, why don't you think of uh, petrol fumes or or diesel fumes? Maybe that's the one which is causing the trigger. And uh, we decided to uh, change the Model X uh, two years ago, 2018, three years ago. Okay, technically June of 2018. Uh, 
uh, and uh, for about two to three months, she had no episodes, absolutely no episodes. Oh. And uh, and then my wife said, okay, to hell with this. Let's change the the other car as well. And so she bought the Model S. Um, and we went all in on Tesla. And then we've been in on Tesla ever since. Yes. And, and I must I must say uh, uh, a big thanks to uh, Bjorn because he was the one of the first videos that I ever watched, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I uh, watched about Tesla about four years ago and I was like fascinated. I was like, this is amazing. Um, I should buy this. But then I was living in the Northern Territory, which is the northernmost tip of Australia. And uh, we did not have any Tesla showrooms there, nothing at all. Uh, the the nearest supercharger is a few thousand kilometers away. Um, and so I was scared to buy a Tesla over there. Um, but there is there is a very good mate of mine who bought a Model X in the northern tip. He's the only one who has it, or rather the second person who has a Model X in the northernmost tip. And he's and he drove all around Australia. He did a circumnavigation trip of Australia. He proved people wrong. Uh, he proved me wrong, definitely. Yes. Uh, his name is Richard, and his uh, YouTube channel is called Outback Tesla. Absolutely fascinating videos because he can't he can't go to a supercharger to charge his car. He has a charge at home. Uh, only only six months ago, there is a DC charger in Darwin. The place is called Darwin, um, the city that he lives in. Uh, his DC charger is only 22 kilowatts DC charger. So he doesn't doesn't even have a 50 kilowatt DC charger <laughs> in his place. But he proved everybody wrong. He did an entire circumnavigation of Australia, went to every single uh, peripheral uh, city. Oh, it is an amazing experience. That's amazing. Yeah. I speak to a ton of my friends about... Um trying to get them to buy into the concept of EVs, right? And uh, everybody just drops this one penny at my doorstep saying, I go to the gas station and I charge and I, I fill up petrol or diesel in two, three to five minutes. Yeah. How long does it take for your car to charge? I said, okay, five it's improving. Seconds. Work with me, yeah. work with me. It's improving. It's improved drastically in the last 10 years, but I got to keep saying that. And I'm really excited for that inflection point when it's going to hit, you know, when, um, the two inflection points, right? You have the cost per kilowatt metric that's dropping significantly. Mm -hmm. And there's also the charging speeds uh, that are improving significantly. So I basically stopped talking to my my uh, gasoline diesel friend buddies and said, like, guys, I'll revisit. I'll try to convert you guys once everything's as per your spec where you want things to happen lightning fast, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was like talking to a stone wall. They just kept dropping that one question at my doorstep. And I'm like, it's improving. That's all I can tell you guys. It's improving uh, I, drastically. I have a, I have a counter argument. I, 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 I tell them, um, you're not going to keep holding your phone and wait for it to charge all night. All, yeah. all it takes me, all it takes me is two seconds to plug my car in, and then I'm into the house. I'm making dinner, eating dinner, spending time with the family. The car is charged, and I have a full tank when I wake up in the morning. How many of you can do that in your cars? <laughs> it's as right. simple as that. Yeah, but, but, but you guys are blessed. You guys are blessed in Norway uh, with the way that the EV network has sort of exponentially exploded in your cities. Yes. Definitely, and but uh, the problem is that the sales of um, EVs has exploded as well. So yeah, yeah. we saw this uh, this summer that uh, almost everyone was, you know, uh, having a vacation in Norway, and all the <laughs> chargers everywhere were busy with uh, okay. people uh, charging. And uh, of course, Tesla didn't have a problem because they have many chargers. But all the other EVs 
they had big problems because the, the lines were just you know never ending with cars mm. wanting to charge yeah i think uh, people are starting to realize the importance of the supercharger network more and more now and uh, tesla's head start in that space and uh, i think it's going to become that unsung hero that's going to uh, i mean keep the loyalty to tesla strong is because even today i i, I bought a chatmo adapter and i've used it once just once yeah, right. because i wanted to try it to see if it works and so no matter what i'm doing i i ensure that my trip is planned where i can stop at a supercharger because that is the state of the art it's the fastest the least hassle most convenient no payment nothing 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 in minus 20 i don't want to be out there and putting my credit card into a, a slot machine <laughs> and entering a pin i just <laughs> barely can unplug the supercharger cable plug it back in and go <laughs> that's yeah. what i want to do right so right, um right. <laughs> yeah all right let's uh let's uh, go into yeah. the since we've been I talking have, about it i guess oh, i have a, i have a quick question to uh, to karina there mm-hmm. um so so uh how how is your how is your most recent ev experience been so you, how how are the superchargers networks in your region are there other dc fast chargers uh, what is the network like uh, i I've, i've uh, heard from a lot of people that you guys have uh, uh, what is it free entry on your um, on your ferry uh, you have a separate lane for evs uh, so what is the experience like in a, on a day to day basis in 2021 we have we had uh, free free on uh, ferries and um, and most uh, toll toll free into the city but uh, they have uh, removed mo- most of uh, the, okay. the, those um, incentives now we pay i think it's uh, half the price on the ferries okay and okay. we pay uh, I, i think it's almost uh, half we pay to drive into oslo now no. and they have uh, changed it so we can only drive in the in the bus lane if you have passenger ah, okay. with, uh, in the car but that is kind of okay <laughs> it's so many uh, evs now so yeah so it's like yeah. a it's it's a, it's an adaptation of a congestion charge you see congestion charges in uh, london for example london, right yeah. i've not seen it in north america yet and none of the cities in canada have no. um, you do have toll obviously uh toll lanes but you don't see con- like time of day based congestion charges or type of vehicle based preference given uh yes. but i guess w- based on what you've seen since 2014 in norway do you think the incentives will end for good and you'll end up paying just what everybody else pays once enough evs have been adopted i guess they're trying to do this to encourage adoption of evs right give you guys half the price and things like that what are your thoughts they say it's it's con- it's going to continue to be uh, cheaper to uh, to drive because of it doesn't pollute but they want to put on the the uh, what do you tax uh, yeah but yeah, i'm not sure what they, <laughs> what you what you call it uh, 25% um, extra but um, oh, that okay. will make uh, evs very very expensive now because they are mm. more expensive than their ice uh, siblings so hmm. it's too right. early and and right. you guys have the ionity network isn't it yes okay we, and we uh, used it uh, until they uh, changed the prices oh i have, have the no, no it's so expensive oh my ah. god <laughs> <laughs> 
we have just uh, erased them from um, our memory. It doesn't uh -huh. exist. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, I was going. To, I was going to say there is an Aussie connection to the IoT network because uh, uh, IoT network uses uh, a lot of the Tritium chargers, which is an Australian company. Um, we are pr very proud of them. Um, it's a Melbourne-based company, and I live uh, near Sydney. Um, but uh, a lot of your uh, uh, IoT chargers are Tritium chargers. Uh, but okay, now you've removed it from <laughs> from your charging from your charging infrastructure. Oh gosh, it's expensive now. Because they've they've just introduced a new charger. It's called RTM seventy five or something like that. It's got a, um, it's uh, if I may, if I can pull up all the specs, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a three fifty kilowatt charger, and it's a next generation. Um, sorry, not three fifty seventy five kilowatt charger. Uh, so they no longer have fifty kilowatt. It's a seventy five kilowatt charger, uh, uh, which is uh, which is pretty good. Um, I, I I think that is the one which will be more uh, ubiquitous uh, in the rest of the world. Um, the the EV charging infrastructure in Australia is not that great. Uh, if if you pulled up PlugShare, uh, I can barely see any land in 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 Norway. It's full of chargers. You know, Australia. <laughs> yes. has no, I just wonder what is stopping everybody who's putting up the third party chargers from actually matching what Tesla provides in terms of speed. See, like right now, I would not go to a 75 kilowatt hour charger ever. I would, I would rather leave my car and then get it towed home where I can charge faster. But um, <laughs> because it's just too slow, it takes you four hours, like or five hours at 75 kilowatt hours. Whereas at a supercharger, 250 kilowatt, um, you're laughing. I mean, all I need is like 25, 30 minutes, and I'm, I'm on my way. And so. Three hours, four hours, unless you guys are going to go for an excursion, go to a picnic in a park or something, and you leave it plugged in, and when it comes back, you've topped up enough. I get it. But I find that uh, a lot of people are going to still have barriers to adoption when they find out that third-party chargers are nowhere close to Tesla superchargers. And I think mm -hmm. that really affects the adoption of EVs in general. Um, you look at any of the competitors, right, like the, the Renaults or the BMWs or the Mercedes, they're not going to charge on a Tesla supercharger because obviously they all want their own standards. So we're going to still we're going to have a problem like we had at USB C, USB A, micro mm. USB, mini USB. We're going to have dongles for everything, adapters for everything. I mean, yeah. that's how electronics are, right? So um, until last we have, have, a, have, yeah, if you sorry. have any experience of the same, and lastly, if if he had an experience yeah. of not using the superchargers but other network superchargers, what do you think is the difference uh, in a country like Norway, which is uh, which is uh, Right up there in EV adoption, yeah. uh, have you have you done any long trips without using a supercharger at all? I've I've done long trips and I've gone. Uh, you know, I drove to uh, Europe or driven to Europe a couple of times to south of Europe. But I've always always uh, used superchargers and okay. only superchargers. When I go around Norway, I use superchargers. But and the only thing I sometimes use is in Norway in in uh, in the cities we have uh, parking which is like the government parking area or mm -hmm. you, you pay the government when you park there and then they have chargers oh, wow. and they used to be for free uh, so if you parked in uh, at uh, street parking you, you had free parking and free charging while you parked there mm -hmm. but it was three kilowatts or something like that but it's still no. you know it's 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 free and and you can you could park there for 16 hours or something like that i think oh, nice. but now they've changed it 
so you have to pay but you have to pay a small amount i don't know okay. do you know karina what the what the charges i for, think it, for i think it was uh, five or ten uh, nook per hour or something depending yeah, on uh, what hour, time of day it was yeah. yes and it's not much and then you get to charge and park that's street yes. yeah. We have, we have a question, question on the chat. Yeah. So Captain Hype TV here, thank you for asking the question. I'd let the experts from Norway answer that. Um, plan a trip to Norway in our Model S. Besides the superchargers, he got a Fortum RFID chip. Is that sufficient or would you like to offer any more tips? I think that's sufficient actually. We, we, we normally uh, log on using apps when we use the, the Fortum chargers. They, they're not called Fortum anymore, but, uh, but no. uh, when we use them, we log on and kind of have uh, the pay card at, in the app then, so. Okay, I hope that uh, answers your question. But, uh, you, you get, uh, you, you almost don't need anything else than superchargers in Norway. So, but well, that's true. I, and if I you need them, okay. I think the Fortune chip will work. You know, I've seen people use the Fortune chip, and I don't know if you, we're not used to this because we have Teslas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to ask a guy with a regular EV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Regular EV. Regular yeah. EV. See? <laughs> I love my, my husband. My husband has black belt in uh, charging uh, on everything, so it's oh new charger. I go there, just plug in, check. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, do some check think, uh, uh, all the chargers in nearby. So I think they did that in California. I mean, they had that latest supercharger stall spring up with the maximum. I think it was fifty-six supercharger stalls that came up. I think or somebody from yes. the group there yeah. went and plugged yeah. into every single one to check if everyone was working. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's some commitment, man. <laughs> oh, this awesome. is awesome. That's true. Yeah. Um, I though I don't understand what the Fortum chip is. I tend to fully agree that superchargers are awesome and that are the way to go. Um, <laughs> That's what I do here personally, but I am really encouraged by the number of third-party chargers that are available now. I mean, having yeah, yeah. I've, I've lived in the I, same I, city I, for six years now, and I see the massive difference, and mm. um, and that's very encouraging. And in fact, the main the major oil and gas companies are now who are who basically Petro Canada is massive here, and they have all these gas stations, right? They've started putting up EV infrastructure. I mean, not not at every gas station, but um, along the Trans Canada Highway, um, they've they've started slow, but it's really it's it's good. It works well. They have an app, and it all links nicely. So, only problem is it requires a Chadamo adapter, hmm. which Tesla oh, yeah. at the time sold for I think what six hundred and two Canadian dollars. Now they've hmm. dropped the price, but six hundred bucks for an adapter. I mean, <laughs> oof. No, I that's they don't sell the Chadema adapter in Norway anymore. <laughs> Tesla stop stop. What selling. do you use there? Is is the third party a CCS, CCS standard? Yeah, CCS. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, CCS. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, everybody's one and two. Is it? Is it CCS one and two or just CCS two? CCS two. CCS two. Okay, awesome. Yes. So, 
I think everyone is crying out loud in North America to just get CCS and provide us with an adapter for CCS here because um, uh, the more it, it's kind of it's like a, a manufacturing defect, right? Like if you let it start from the source, it will go across everything in the line. So the more variety you have right now, it's going to become super hard to then converge into one standard eventually. So um, you don't want to be in a situation where it's starting off and you have um, CCS, JADMO, and SAEJ something, 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 mm -hmm. and Tesla's own. I was very okay. surprised when Aptera, I don't know if you guys have heard of Aptera, they've got this okay. nice uh, trike-type vehicle. They've mm -hmm. got Tesla's charging on, um, they have the uh, Tesla charging slot on their uh, yeah. car. Which is very interesting because I was like, I've never this, seen any other car have a Tesla like port that you can plug into. Mm. So they must obviously be working with Tesla or have figured it out or reverse engineered it or done something that they're able to work with a supercharger. So yeah, I can add a bit of context here. Sorry, Leslie, go on after you. No, in the US, you have you have a, a different port. The Tesla has a different port than other cars, exactly. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't. We don't do that in Europe. exactly. So in in our, yes. in uh, in Australia and in Norway, everywhere else, we have the uh, Type Two adapter, and that is the J seventeen seventy two, and the CCS two, which is a in in inbuilt adapter, which which has both the, the seventeen seventy two Type Two uh, plug and the, the CCS two. That is what we have here. We have a few Chidemo uh, plugs, uh, particularly the older Tritium uh, chargers had both uh, Chidemo and CCS one. So I have a Chadimo adapter in my um, in my Tesla, just in case I want to use those. Now I can add a little bit of context with regards to supercharging. So my nearest supercharger is about 70 kilometers south of me. So I don't have a supercharger in Wollongong. I live in Wollongong, which is about an hour south of Sydney. So I don't live in Sydney per se. So I live in Wollongong, which is a university town, and we have steel here and stuff like that. It's coming, uh, buddy. You're getting yours. Yes. You're getting a Wollongong supercharger Q4. Q4. It's yeah, yeah. And we've been going around looking at places and seeing if anybody's bought any gotten gotten any any permits yet. But uh, Q4 of 2021, we are getting our first superchargers. We hope it, it's going to be a V3. We don't have a V3 here anywhere. You will get a V3 most likely. Everything Tesla's been I putting up so. in the last in the last um, year or so has been V3s. Like even here, we had yeah, they we put so even here like the because of the traffic between uh, the city of calgary and edmonton it's a straight line but there's so many tesla tests uh, at the city of edmonton that's here did not have any service center so everybody used to come to the city of calgary to pick up their cars from the for the province of alberta for everyone in the next province of saskatchewan everybody would drive into the city where i stay to pick up their teslas and so mm. now and and then drive off to their own cities right so they've actually installed they installed a v2 supercharger like in the city of calgary and then city of edmonton and now in between, they've now got V3s. And the mm. difference is blinding fast. Like, I don't yeah. go to the V2s anymore because they're a waste of my time. Like, oh, okay. it, it can charge at 1,800 kilometers an hour. Why the hell would you go to something that's going to charge at 650? I mean, oh, fair enough, fair enough. And, and I tried at 1,800. This is when it's minus 30 outside. So, and that's really remarkably fast. And um, obviously, mm. it's like a phone, right? Everybody here has experience using the superchargers. So, um, at its peak, you get... 1800 which is phenomenal according to me and i don't see why they would want to put v2s anywhere um but anyway now, I, was, uh, I was just gonna make one more uh, comment so so I, in 2018 uh, i did a trip to melbourne which is about 2000 i think if i remember right so uh we made it as an experimental trip my friend and i so we drove to melbourne 
the onward journey was exclusively non-Tesla superchargers. I, I made an entire video of that, uh, how long it takes to charge and and uh, in each of the chargers. So some places I only had 50 kilowatt chargers, uh, but in some places I had 350 kilowatt chargers. We have ultra rapid chargers here from Tritium, of course, um, which are uh, 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 ultra rapid uh, 350 kilowatt chargers. So, so we can use that too. But unfortunately, I, ha I only had a 75D Model X back then. And um, uh, you know, the 75D has a, has a lower state of charge. The rate of charging is slower as well. The capacity is small as well. I only get 320 kilometers for a full, or rather the, the app says 320 kilometers for a full charge. Um, Nash, I like your emphasis on unfortunately. We're talking about a Tesla Model X here. <laughs> that's true. It's a Model X as well. That's true. That's true. I, I, I knew. <laughs> nice. I know the numbers. Yeah, it's true. yeah, that is true. First world problems, these are. <laughs> Absolutely, I think I think so. I think so, and um, I think really it puts into perspective the problems Tesla needs to solve to actually become truly global, and um, mm. and yeah, not just with the Model Three. If they can make a smaller Model X, if they can put make the Model Y have the gull wing doors, that would be nice. Mm. I would like that. Uh, I, on those on those lines, <laughs> I want to add one more point for everybody who's watching. Um, if you guys are, uh, do follow uh, Green the Only, uh, he sent out a screenshot uh, from the recent uh, .35.5 update. There's a, there's a screenshot when the car starts off, uh, when, this, when the startup happens. There's a screenshot which shows that there possibly is an air suspension coming because there's a, there is an icon for air suspension on the Model Y. I wonder oh. if a Model Y is going to get air suspension. It's I do not. I don't want to be... Oh, I don't I'm gonna, I'm gonna, seriously, I went from a 2019 Model 3 to a 2020 Model Y, and am I having to go to a 2021 Model Y now? Like, the number of changes they've introduced since I bought my car has just been phenomenal. I've been trying to stomach every one of them, like the heated steering wheel. I've been screaming out loud on Twitter, give me a heated steering wheel. And it comes right after I buy my car, right? <laughs> like, That's typical. That's I'm like, I'm just hoping, I don't even mind paying money for it. Please, Tesla, make it, if you're watching, please make it a retrofit. It just yeah. is a steering wheel. That's all. It, you can pull the one out and put a brand new one in. I'll pay you money to do that. Like, <laughs> um, and they've also changed the trim. They've changed the trim inside the Model Y now. Like, That's and now in China, they've changed the doors, seven. right? They've got the extra yeah. wooden trim yes. coming on the sides. Seven-seater as well. Well, I'm a, I'm on the fence on the seven-seater. Like, I'm, I'm like 5'10", and my head is going to hit that at the back. It's, I don't want to lose the trunk space. In the Model Y, so I really I bought the Model Y for the extra space, and I don't want to compromise it by using, by having seven seats. Um, so, Karina, your your Model X is a six seater or is it seven? It's a six seater, yes. Six -seater. Excellent choice. Okay, excellent choice. Yes. Excellent choice. <laughs> and mine's a seven seater. My Model X is seven seater because we need the extra uh, extra seat. Yeah, we we need to get more bums on our seats, so <laughs> so we had a yeah. with the seven seater. But I must say the seventh seat is not bad. I am uh, five nine and something, and I am able to sit in the uh, seventh seat. I've traveled uh, like like two 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 three hours in the seventh uh, in the, the third row. It's it's fine uh, to be honest on the Model X. Maybe in the Model Y because of the uh, the the tapering of the the rear, there may be a little bit of a problem. Let's see how it works. I haven't. We don't have a Model Y here in Australia yet. We haven't even seen a Model Y on our roads. Um, so we're still do you, do you have the the new or the old the seven seat Model X? Do you have uh, the captain seats on uh, this? On the middle, no. The middle, the center row, no, no captain seats. I have the uh, the the newer one uh, without yes. the captain seats. Yeah. 
So mine, mine, mine is a flat bed. So mine will go all the way, to, yes. all the way, and so we want flat bed and the, this one and the seven seater. So um, yeah, that's so the only we, thing we, I don't like about the Modlex. You know, the six seater that you can't make it a flat bed because when you're yes. shopping at IKEA, you know, you have to bring your trailer. So nevertheless, I was able to, I was, I was able to fit in twenty. Uh, three, 23 uh, uh, soil bags, <laughs> 23 normal oh, size okay. soil bags. Yeah, in my legs, flat bed, 23 in. We brought it home, no problem at all. <laughs> Fantastic. I have like, a, like I said, I have a twins, 18 years old, and they are 205. I don't think I don't, it's like uh, what is it, six feet seven, six feet eight, huh? something like that. They, they're really tall, they have to, you know. Go like this Crouching, under old, yeah, under old doors and stuff like that. So they are very happy with the Modlex because we have the six seater, and if they sit in on the first row, mm -hmm. they have their head up in the window, you know, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. In the door, and if, if wow. the window wasn't there, they would sit like this, you know. <laughs> so it's it's the only car they can sit and relax. <laughs> Next time and you, you want to teach them a lesson. You bought the Model 3 for them. <laughs> yes. They hate you. And when I use the Model 3, if they have used it, it's like uh, uh, if I use easy entry, you know, and they are driving the car after me, you see the seat keep going backwards, you know, after <laughs> <easy> entry. <laughs> My easy entry isn't good enough. It's like, <laughs> wow. I'm going. <laughs> oh, Nash and I actually, um, Nash and yeah. I actually made a comparison video of the dimensions of the Model yes. Three and Model Y. And Model y. Like yeah. Every single metric, not just the hardware that's in the car, but the metrics yeah. that matter. Like what is the angle between the torso and when you're sitting? Like for yeah. me, the Model Three, I'm actually glad I I, I uh, traded it in because for me it was affecting my lower spine. Because I have lower oh. back problems, and the angle in which I was sitting, my knees were coming up too high. So if you look at my, this is my back, and this is my torso. My oh. torso was, was up like this, right? My back is straight, but my legs are coming up because it was too compact for me, yes. for the type of person right. I am, like height width and things like that. So, so this would cause me a lot of um, uh, lower back stiffness mm -hmm. when I would go for even say three hour drives. And I was like, like, okay, something's not right here. Like, but the massive difference in the Model Y is because they've put the risers for the seats. It's the same seats, but they've got the risers, right? That makes a huge difference. Yeah. And your 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 your, your legs and your thighs sort of suddenly no longer like this, but it's just flat. Yeah. It's just yes. flat. And that makes a massive ergonomic difference. So we, we did a we lot of model metrics like straight away we because we were like, we want to keep this car five years. This is the car to keep. Yeah. So. so we we did we, we did measurements like uh, measurements from the the seat at its lowest position and the steering wheel with its highest position. We looked at what is the the ingress and egress uh, the, the the available uh, height for in, ingress and yeah. ingress and egress in the in the front seats and the back seats. If it's a tall person, how how tall uh, they can be before their head starts to hit something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Loads and loads of measurements. I'm, I'm hoping that people uh, sort of watch it and. Uh, they get an idea as to what is happening and stuff like that, you know. Uh, because uh, the cars, the Y and the three look very similar on the road. You really can't mm -hmm. differentiate. I still have friends from Detroit 
who see a, a random three and a Y, they keep asking me, dude, is this a three or is this a Y? Yeah. I just can't tell because they look identical from the front and they look yeah. almost to the untrained eye for someone who's not watched hours and hours of Tesla videos or, or owns a Tesla. They look identical yeah. from the side, especially if it's a performance. Yeah. Because performance is lower yeah. than, the, than the standard yeah. Y, which is higher. So yeah, you right. really don't know what you're buying. Like you really don't know if you're actually getting the money's value if you look at both cars from the outside. Um, especially when it's more expensive, right? So yeah. the real difference is on the inside. And um, even though the interior they made it look similar um, to the Model 3 aesthetic, um, it's the same dash, for example, right? Mm. But the gaps between different things are, are slightly bigger. And that makes a massive difference. Like in the three, when I sit in the back seat with the seat all the way back, the driver's seat all the way back, I can't keep my legs in between. Oh, so yeah. I've had people said, I'm not going to get into the back seat of your car. No way. Yeah. Like they just can't say that too. <laughs> we measured that too, because that's now mega important. Like um, um, just for, 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 care, for parents who are planning to have children, right? Like can you, can you have two car seats? Like that was a massive constraint for us because we were like, if it ever happens and we need to we need to have space for a car seat, there has to be another car seat behind me, the driver. If there's if I have to move forward, I'm compromising my driving position. And I can't drive long distances like that. So it has to work with my driving position and you know, if you keep a car seat and things like that. Just um space constraints. Anyway. So I have a question for you. Where do the cars in Norway come from? Do they come from Fremont or do they come from Shanghai? The threes that are being delivered to Norway right now. They come from Fremont. Yes. Fremont? In December, in December, it only came two model trees from uh, Shanghai. <laughs> yeah, it was actually registered only two SR Plus in whole December. Well, it was uh, four and a half thousand cars, I think. So it mostly long range and performance model tree in Norway. Yes. Okay. Good point. What do people buy most in Norway? Does it look like they are getting more SR Plus or is it the all-wheel drive long-range models? What's What sells more? Long it's range. the all-wheel yes. drive long-range. Long-range? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. good choice. Good choice. Yes. Mm. We have we have uh, 19,500 long-range cars in Norway and we have wow. 1,300 SR Plus. 1,300? Wow. Yes. So it's oh, wow. nothing. 20 yes. times. It's, it's not 10%. Uh, <laughs> is it because of the range difference or is it the value for money what do you think the answer to that question is i think I maybe think value for money yeah definitely people, both, but, people uh, want uh, all-wheel drive i think all-wheel drive and longer range i should have met you guys two years ago because i had the exact same question when i was thinking of buying a tesla i was like okay do I need a all-wheel drive dual motor or can I have the rear wheel drive with, with the longer range? No, mm -hmm. you couldn't have that. If you wanted the longer range, you had to pay for the dual motor setup. So yeah. I ended up compromising and going for the SR Plus, which at the time had uh, 386 kilometers range when I bought it in 2019. And uh, to be honest, when it was minus 30 outside, I would get 200 kilometers max. Mm. And um, it wouldn't work. So the Y is a happy compromise being 525 now. I'm excited for you guys though, because I think you guys will be the first recipients of Giga Berlin cars and also 4680 cells. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That'll be mega exciting. Very, yes. very. Um, I, oh, we, we, we have models of, this is the 4680 cell. Yes. Oh, cool. 
That's yeah, pretty like good, it. I guess. And, yeah. and that is that is the cell that is replacing. This is this is twenty one seventy, and this is a forty six eighty. It's a big. Uh, look at that difference. Yeah, that's it's massive. Good. It's massive, yeah. absolutely massive. Yes. I, I think I remember reading somewhere that they started delivering the first. Uh, what was it? There were photos of the structural battery pack that that had oh. just surfaced, and uh, people are interested in to see like how does that work. I have a like I have a general question because we're all Tesla owners. I don't know if everybody's aware of what Neo is doing in China, and uh, how they do battery swaps. Mm. And um, I know Elon had demonstrated a battery swap back in 2014 or 15. Oh. Uh, but do you ever see that being part of the timeline at all ever? It seems a very smart thing to do because it takes less than five minutes. You go in, yeah. back in, laser guided stuff takes the battery pack out, puts a brand new one in. And you're off yeah. less than five minutes. So, but how how often do you need it? It's like I, yeah, exactly. I read about it, and, and uh, you know, when, when I'm on longer trips and I need to supercharge, I I when when I had an ice car, I didn't stop. I will uh, I will admit that. But uh, now, when I have an EV, I, I gladly stop. You know, because you're driven for a couple of hours, maybe three hours, and then right. you, you need to stop anyway, or it's yeah. it's the most safe thing to do. And it's good for everyone, you know, to stop once in a while. And it only takes, you know, when we drove to Southern Europe, it was only 30, 35 minutes maybe per charge. Mm. And you can do that. You, if everyone goes to the toilet, you buy something to drink, it's easily, you know, the car is is uh, done before you are, you know. That's true. Yes. That is true. It was, it was actually a problem for us in 2017 with our... Uh, Model X uh, 60D because it charged too fast. <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't uh, finish our meal. So every time we were eating, halfway through the meal, I went, uh, went out, unplugged the car, moved it, and back and eat, uh, eat more. So uh, that is an amazing so problem to have. This is a small uh, battery problem. <laughs> It would be so amazing if we had automatic superchargers with uh, reverse uh, smart summon where you don't have to stop your meal and yes. it's done yes. charging that the cable yeah. automatically unplugs, retracts back into its slot and the car just moves into the forward uh, parking spot by itself and just parks itself, like allowing the next car to go in. That would be pretty yeah. cool, right? Because it's an inconvenience, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, in the yeah. middle of your food, if you have to get up and go and take your car out, it's a pain. and. Yes. I mean, while we're willing to overlook that temporary pain, it's okay. But um, yeah, it would be nice if they automated. I think Elon did say the snake charger might be might be coming. I think God, didn't you ask that, Nash? I did, but he didn't answer me. But he answered somebody else there uh, another <laughs> time. And uh, uh, yeah, snake charger is, is possibly going to come. Uh, it, that's a fantastic piece of technology. That'll be so that cool. But yeah. I hope it doesn't freeze in in our temperatures in Norway and Canada. It's true. Now, I, I'm going to ask both Lassie and Karen a, a, a question. So you guys have been EV, EV adopters for a very long time. Uh, how how has the transition been? Has it been just iterative because Norway has been good with both uh, with regards to uh, government uh, incentives uh, and infrastructure improvement? Or have you seen chunks of, of change along the years? What do you guys think? It, it wasn't that much, that many uh, superchargers or fast chargers at all in uh, 2014. So, mm -hmm. so it uh, you actually needed long-range EV to to get around, but uh, now it's no problem. So, 
see. No problem. And, and what was the longest available range back then uh, in 2014? It was the mod, the, the mod, mod less 85. So mm. I think it had had uh, 400 uh, kilo kilometers or something. Wow. Okay. Because it, it didn't use anything. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was uh, amazing. You know, when I look back at the, I took uh, photos, you know, when I arrived at my cabin, I took photos. Oh, look, I still have 30% left and stuff like that <laughs> to show my friends, you know, to get them to buy EVs. And mm -hmm. uh, when I look at that photos today, it's like, wow, you know, the, the kilowatt per uh, or watt per uh, kilometer is it's very low. Very low. It's like 180 oh. up to the cabin. And with the Model X, it's like 300. Yes. <laughs> the Model X is very thirsty. <laughs> yes, it is. Because we have, we have four children, so we always drive with the trailer. So especially now, last time it was 10, 10 degrees below and 25 at the cabin. So we have to, you know, we didn't charge on the way there, but still, you know, it's... Uh, it's it it's barely enough with a 90d <laughs> it's like it couldn't it couldn't be a 60d then we would have had to charge on the way nice you think and, tesla will and, ever and, invent a, uh, a digital jerry can you guys have heard of a jerry can right like i mean the one the one where you fill petrol and just when you run out of gas like and you and you come back and fill like you think they'll ever i i remember i think i saw something about rivian trying to file a like or working on something like this it would really help when you need 20 30 40 50 kilometers let's say mm -hmm. uh, of extra and you don't need to find a supercharger it'd be nice to activate like a hidden battery that would yeah, right. uh, be able to just charge it and maybe that charges whenever you do regen braking you could keep charging that battery so um It'd be nice if they had something integrated into the vehicle system without us having to buy, or maybe even make it an optional buy-in, like buy the extra piece and get it installed. Who cares? Mm -hmm. As long as you have the extra 50K of juice to um, to use, you know, that would, I think, really help because a lot of people ask, oh, what if you get stranded in the middle of nowhere? Mm -hmm. You have to get your vehicle towed? Are you kidding me? Like, um, <laughs> uh, so there are these challenges. There are these challenges. I think... Um, what you guys said makes sense because of the lack of infrastructure back in 2014, people were forced to buy longer range EVs. But now that the infrastructure has come in, people still are buying longer range EVs. So I'm just wondering how that works because usually you would think to save cost, you would buy, if you're not just, okay, because I don't know, how far are the main cities in, in Norway um, from each other? Like when you commute, is it, um, so when I stay, for example, like the city of Calgary, everything mm -hmm. is downtown and the suburbs are all around it. So anywhere to anywhere for me is 20 minutes because we have ring roads all around. So we can take the ring and just go around from one in Southeast to Northwest in 20 minutes. Yes. So uh, 40 kilometers in 20, uh, in 25, 30 minutes. So that's how fast we can get there. Is it like that mm -hmm. in Norway? How's the structure of roads? Are things crammed together? Do you guys have to commute long distances or short distances, generally speaking? I think it depends on where you live, of course, because mm -hmm. I live in uh, Oslo. And I never, you know, if I drive for 10 minutes, that's that's my regular trip, you know. Okay. So they, I, I'm a consultant. I go out to work at different customer sites and mm. and it's usually 10, maybe 15 minutes. But uh, if you live in Bergen, for example, that the city is much uh, wider, you know. You have to go. There's different islands you have to, and bridges and tunnels and stuff like that. So mm. I guess they... They are driving much more than us in Oslo. And Karina, you live outside Oslo? 
Yes. So you it, have a commute also it, every day, right? Uh, I work from home for, for the moment, but uh, it takes uh, 25 minutes by car to come into my office. So. And 25 minutes is how much distance traveled? Because if you take a, a big city like Chicago or during Russia, 25 minutes, you've traveled 100 meters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, uh, 21 uh, kilometers. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, so that's like, here. That's yeah. like here, basically. So I, I travel every, every day 25 kilometers to work, go to work, and it's about um, yeah, 20, uh, yeah, 25 kilometers, 20, 20 minutes or something like that. Now, I, I have a very interesting... Um, um, uh, website that I want to show you. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this. Have you seen uh, sparkcharge.io? And they have these uh, boosters. They're called Rodies, R-O-A-D-I-E. So they're actually external battery packs, and they can, uh, can fast charge your car. Um, that's a very interesting concept. I'll just put that up uh, 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 where uh, you can, you, they, they just bring batteries. And, and they just help you charge the car. So if you're stranded somewhere, this will be a beautiful uh, way to, um, to to sort of quick charge your car for the next extra 50 or 60 kilometers. Um, uh, that these ones. So these are called uh, Spark Charge Rodi. Uh, but they're just, they're just batteries. They can just stack those batteries up uh, to bring juice to your car. This is an interesting concept. I'm not sure how much of use it will be in, in a place like Norway. Uh, in Australia, it will be brilliant because our charging network is not that great. Um, this will be phenomenal. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I would love to go for something like this. Try it out at least. Yeah, these are ultra-fast chargers. They are not uh, slow by any, any stretch of imagination. Um, and they, you, you can see them stacking those batteries up. They, can just, they are just stackable batteries. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. Interesting. So how, how I think many kilowatts is it for you know for one battery? Do you know? Uh, I can tell you that. Uh, well, yeah. 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 Let me just. Uh... So yeah. So yeah. Oh. So yeah, they have yeah. packages, seven kilowatts. Um. And basically, the more batteries, the more uh, distance. Yeah. But then, no. Wait. Why, why am I? Am I reading this wrong? Everything reads the same. Level yes. one, two, and three all read the same. So what's the difference? I'll go with the level one if the price is. Uh... <laughs> Wait, what's the I point of level two and three? <laughs> okay, somebody needs to fix the website or at least make it a little clearer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how what's the story there. Uh, <laughs> you would think yeah. that the, the miles of range is more on more batteries. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. and, and the kilowatt hour. Yeah, I mean, somebody copy pasted the, the same content over when making the template and forgot to update it after. I guess. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so, so they have they have two uh, solutions. You see, one is called the Boost EV, and other one's called Rodi. Yeah. Um, I, I can you actually, uh, you know, what? I, there was. Um, uh, so this one has both Chadimo. It it can it can you can use the Tesla plug, the CCS one, CCS two. Yeah. Uh, all of that can be used here. Um, it, the, char the charging speed. So if you go to to the just just oh, scroll down. Let me just uh, reshare that tab. Yeah, if you go scroll down and so so level one, level two, uh, they have. Three. Wait, sorry, I was in Boost TV. You want me to go to the Rodi? Yes, please, Rodi. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this is the one we were looking at, and all of them are the same. Go up, go yeah. up, go up. 
Uh, that one. There you go. That yep. one. So this this one gives oh, you. Yeah. yeah. So level one is uh, up to six point five miles every hour. Level mm -hmm. two is twenty miles every hour. I'm not sure what level three is. Um, DC so, charge, fast charge. Oh, okay. that, that one, the last one is the cost, the installation right. cost, and, and charge speeds the one in the middle. Uh, with regards to portability and stuff like that, it's only fifty pounds per battery, I suppose, or per pack. So it is an energy dense uh, pack. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys would need it in Norway at all. You guys have chargers everywhere in every nook and cranny. We don't oh, have them. I, think I, I guess there. we are spoiled. I don't yes. see the need for something like that. <laughs> maybe the maybe the guys living, know. you know, or people living up way north in Norway are like, what are you talking about? You know, I don't think the charges are very common up there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, completely agree, right? Like even here in, in Canada, like we, I mean, the the furthest north that we can go. Uh, it varies depending on the province. Like right now, we have one city north of us that's 300 kilometers at city of Edmonton. That's where the last Tesla supercharger is. Like, so if I want to go to Fort Mac, which is a massive oil uh, hub, I can't go. Like, it's too far. I just can't yeah, go right. uh, unless I find somebody, some mom and pop shop that's willing to allow me to plug into their wall outlet, which is fine. But yeah. why would I struggle so much? Right? It's it's about constantly the struggle. Like, how much do I need to struggle where I live? to be able to buy a Tesla and use a Tesla? Am I putting myself through way much, way more than what I should be doing? And yeah. can I wait another five years and let it be even more prevalent? And um, so but that leads me to my question to you is, is the, are people actively engaged in educating the general public about EVs in, in Norway? Uh, because here there's still a lot of unknowns. A lot of people don't know a lot about how much is, is available, what is, Kilowatt, like you know, watt hour per kilometer, or um, uh, cost per kilowatt hour of of uh, battery versus you know a um, dollar fifty for fuel, for example, right? It, mm. the, the, the metrics in the EV world don't necessarily directly correlate to the ones that people are used to seeing. Like when it comes to filling up a car, or you know, like um, concept of charging doesn't even exist. A gas station, for example, right? Like. I don't, I don't think there's enough being done in order to make things simpler. Like, for example, the water per kilometer metric in our cars, right? It could be something simpler. Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't make it so complex for me. Like, you know, like for someone who doesn't know about these things, who's buying a Tesla for the first time because Teslas are cool, how do you educate them about these different metrics until, you know, if someone doesn't know? Right? There are lots, there are a bunch of gaps that we hear. How is it in Norway? Like, are there active communities? Like, are people talking EV? Like, is it promoted heavily on TV? Uh, not, not on TV, maybe. But uh, you have the... Um, yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Elbil... Um, okay, 2014. Elbil <laughs> community. They are uh, talking very much about all the EVs and uh, fighting for the, the rights for mm. continued... Uh, so, so you both bought your first Teslas back in fourteen, right? Like, yes. um, from then on, like you can see a massive influx of Teslas. So, what happened then? How did you hear about a Model S? Like, and was the size of the community much? I mean, you, obviously there was no infrastructure. You guys were probably the outliers. You were the exceptions to buy yeah. Teslas at that time, right? Mm. What really yeah. sparked the the craziness that we see? Like, Norway is right now the leader. How do you go from being 
no teslas to being the leader in a space of 6 years you know and what that's is the uh, first, what is the first spark what is the first spark for evs in in norway the, the model s was the was the first uh, ev that actually looks good and has a <laughs> uh, decent decent range it was it was competing against the uh, the leaf nissan leaf leaf yeah <laughs> doesn't yeah. look good yeah. at, at all look, no. and then you have the small triplets that's kind of just for commuting um, uh, maybe 50 kilometers that's okay. all the range they had in at least oh, in God. winter so okay. so it it was it was city commuter cars leaf was little better mm. and then you came the tesla that actually could uh, replace and family ice, ice car so mm -hmm. so it was the only car that actually was on the ev that was uh, something for us but uh, first we thought nah it was too it was only for rich people we thought <laughs> so we didn't check check the price so we bought a used <laughs> one first so i agree i agree well, captain yeah. i agree <laughs> i think <laughs> everybody <laughs> here agrees <laughs> you know what i have the supposed to look good 1000% Totally agree. I, yeah, absolutely. I have the uh, new nose cone for my Model S, and uh, I think I still think the old black nose cone looks far, far better. It looks. Is the grill? Yes. Uh, with, uh, not not the grill. The, the, yeah, the, black, the black nose cone. The, the oh old, yeah, the, the full flag. Black nose cone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, I have the new both, nose cone. But, yeah. Bo both our uh, model Model S's have been the the veteran with the nose cone, so ah, kind of. Okay. In heart for that one. <laughs> I love it. I really like. I like. I think that's beautiful. Are you guys looking forward to the possible new refresh that's going to be announced at some point? Next we week. We hope it's on the earnings yes. call. We hope it's in February. Next week. Yeah, hopefully, because we see the we see the numbers for the uh, Model S at least in mm -hmm. Norway they drop very. Last year it was. I don't know. Do you remember, uh, Karina? It wasn't much sales of Tesla Model S. It was six hundred and twenty-five. No, mm -hmm. that was Model X. Yeah, so Model it was X. even less, three hundred and fifty-six. Wow! Yes. Oh, so wow. One year. in okay. one year, and that's compared to um, Model Three that was uh, seven thousand seven hundred and seventy. Actually, yes. So wow. it's it's. <laughs> Uh, the numbers have dropped extremely much yeah. uh, the last few years, and yes. uh, the same with the Model X actually. But mm. I think the 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 biggest reason for that is the the price increase. When they removed the seven seventy five kilo kilowatt hour battery, then ordinary people couldn't afford it yeah. any longer. And now Tesla has actually increased uh, the prices on the Model S and X, so it it it's so it's so expensive. That's true. We could yeah. uh, our X is four years old. We we can't afford to buy a new Model X. It's we... uh, it's over twice the value of our current one. So uh, okay. we looked at the when we were deciding to uh, to buy. We originally wanted to buy a Model X, but mm -hmm. As soon as the Y dropped, and we saw the price, of, and we look, we we saw all almost all the YouTube videos about comparing the X to the Y, and the Y um, being less than half the price of the cost of the Model X here that we wanted. We wanted the six seater. Um, we were like, oh my God, Model X, you can wait. Like you can wait. 
for the next 10 years. Thank you so much. I'll buy three Model Ys with the same amount of money that I need to buy one Model X. Like, mm. And I'll switch between driving all of them. That's okay. But it's just, I don't know. Um, and Elon has also said this, that I think they're going to keep the yeah, S and the X purely for sentimental reasons because they're not their cash cows. The cash yeah. cows are the 3 and the Y right now and the Cybertruck, I think. Mm. It'd be interesting to see the number of Cybertrucks that sell in Norway. Eh? Yeah. That would be very cool. We'll if see it, if it actually reach uh, Europe at all. I yeah. think I think it will. They probably have a smaller Model Y. So it's the smallest hybrid truck for Europe. I can say this for, for Australia. We uh, are, I'm go the, the cyber truck will sell like hotcakes here. Uh, one of my mates uh, in, in Sydney, they have a Facebook group called Cybertruck Australia Group. Um, uh, we do we do a separate podcast on Wednesdays. Every, every Wednesday we do a separate podcast uh, about EV situation in Australia. And their uh, Facebook group has over 1,000 members. Many of them, more than 95% of them, have never heard of an EV, have never seen an EV. They're all tradies, and they want to buy a Cybertruck because they want that space, that, that agility, and, and, the, and the low maintenance that comes with uh, Tesla. And they have all been waiting for that. And, and I asked this question of Elon, and he replied to my tweet, very kind of him. Uh, I asked him, uh, there are uh, rumors going around that... Uh, uh, the Cybertruck will not come to Australia, and uh, I told him we do not want we do not want a baby Cybertruck. <laughs> no, <laughs> our, our trade <laughs> will not buy a baby Cybertruck here. We, you can send it to Europe if you want to, <laughs> not not <laughs> not to Australia. <laughs> No, and it'd be very cool. And he replied, and he replied to said he said that, oh, no, the original Cybertruck will come to Australia if it if it uh, passes the regulations. And we looked at our regulations. We have a regulation called ADR, uh, Australian Design uh, Rules. Uh, we looked at the regulations, and there is nothing in the ADR regulations which uh, which find fault with the the OG Cybertruck. So we are hoping that we in Australia will get the original Cybertruck, and and we are thinking that our our uh, flatbed will have two uh, AC ports, and we want two fifty kilowatts because uh, sorry not not fifty kilowatts two fifty volt uh, or two twenty volt. Uh, uh, AC adapters in our flatbed because all of our tradies will be plugging in their equipment, and they, most of the tradies will be plugging in two into the flatbed uh, into the into the rear. So we want two two twenty kilowatts. So let's sorry again, I'm making a mistake. Two twenty kilowatts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think the Cybertruck has uh, has has started appealing to a lot of people who weren't truck, generally speaking, truck people like me. I was not. I've always been into sedans. And I, and I love a, a long sedan. That's all I kept driving. And I would love to be able to afford a Model S at some point when Tesla is able to drop the price to a point where it's affordable for the, the average Joe. But we'll see. Um, um, but uh, it's, it's, it's hor like to everybody's point here, it's horrendously expensive here in North America, especially. Oh. And, um, and it's just, it's the value for money if you were to look a dollar per amount of car you get i think the model 3 and y are right up there but the mm -hmm. s and the x are um, on the higher side hopefully the prices drop but then they can drop prices only if they sell more so godspeed norway hopefully you get more s and x's in the next yeah. one one so. year it was, um, that's uh, the positive thing with uh, uh, the norwegian price of ice cars you know our ice cars are so expensive that when we buy an EV, even though the price for an EV for a Model S in Norway is the same as in US, and even 
a little bit higher. Uh, it's a cheap, uh, cheap car for us compared mm. to the other cars in the same segment because the ice cars are so expensive. Wow. This is going to be my question. I was going to ask you if the government incentives are, are still good enough for uh, EV. Either it's good for EV or they have put a cap on the ICE cars because the government is actively trying to discourage people from buying an ICE car. What's the story there in Norway? Yes, they always had this extra tax on ICE cars since 59, I think. Yeah. Wow. So, there you go, right? so they always have, and, and they changed it, you know, during uh, the years, but um, uh, they had weight, they had tax for weight, right? And now yes, they I have for CO2 emission, and yes. they have for um, engine uh, size, I think, like uh, cubic on the engine. So if you if you buy, uh, in my neighborhood, a lot of people had uh, Volkswagen Passat. Mm -hmm. but very many people, you know, uh, families had this car. And yeah, when, uh, when Tesla came, everyone changed to Model S. So when we were at football matches, stuff like that, it was more or less all the way. You know, I took a picture once uh, in 2016 or something to a friend of mine who was in another country. I was like, look at this. It was one car that wasn't a Model S. All the other cars were Model S. And wow. they actually called it uh, the, the West Side. Also, they called it the West Side Passat. Because, uh, <laughs> all, the, all the Passats were changed for Model S. Wow. That's incredible, man. I mean, see, that is the driving factor. The fact that your your ice cars are as expensive or more expensive than EVs yes. is a massive driving factor. Here, it's the complete opposite. You can get an ice car for 10 grand. like, yeah. But the Model S costs you 103 grand. Yeah. Like, yeah. 10 times more. Why? I mean, that, that's, the, that's the question people always have is why. But here's that nice graph, right? Unless more people buy, they can't drop the cost. So if they yeah, keep right. the cost high, more people won't buy it. Therefore, the costs remain high. People don't adopt fast enough. So, um, yeah, it is cheaper in the US, the Model S, compared to yeah. Canada at least. And that gap and, you know, the exchange rate doesn't help between here and there. And plus they have, they're obviously padding extra cost to cover themselves for the shipping from Fremont to here, right? Like. Yeah. Um, all that added, the difference is massive. So anyway, I, I, I'll tell about. I can I can talk about Australia. We have one of the most highest priced Teslas anywhere in the world. I think uh, I can give you a quick comparison. Our uh, Tesla Model S, SR, sorry, Model Three SR Plus uh, starts at seventy two thousand dollars without any of the add-ons, which uh, which is four seven one eight one four NUC. That is. Oh. 471,800. Like long range in Norway. Yes. Yeah. So, so that is, so that is our cost. So we are, we are, we have a very expensive, um, uh, uh, Tesla here, Tesla experience here. And we are very, we are very thankful that the 2021 refresh, uh, that is going to come to us is going to come from, uh, Shanghai. So yeah. we are getting the SR plus from Shanghai. The yes. performance is coming from Fremont. Long range is coming from Shanghai as well. And we are I'm really sure that you get all variants from Shanghai. I think that, so that, that just the, makes the, sense. To start with, the, the performance is going to come from Fremont is what they've what we have heard from our uh, uh, sources here in, in uh, Tesla, that um, yeah. the long range is going to come from Shanghai. The SR Plus is going to come from Shanghai. The performance is probably going to come from Fremont. It's initially just start with till Fremont ramps up, sorry, till Shanghai ramps up, I suppose. 
Um, but our, our prices are really expensive. If we can drop our prices to less than $70,000, there'll be a massive influx of, of SR Plus buys here. Our SR Plus is the highest selling uh, car here in Australia, not the long range. Although we would love to have a long range. Uh, okay. And just going back a little bit to, uh, to one of the previous questions that you guys were talking about, we can't do a circumnavigation trip nor an across trip across Australia with just superchargers. We need to rely on a lot more. And mercifully, because Australia has got uh, uh, camps, a lot of campsites, all of, a lot of our campsites have these 35 amp plugs with three-phase charging. So we rely on that for a lot of our travel around Australia. Yeah, right. uh, and we wish that we have the government uh, uh, incentive and approach that Norway has where they price the ICE cars along with an EVs or rather have you know some sort of parity between the two cars. We wish our governments do that, but I I, I here, don't think it happen. Here in Canada, they just introduced a the government introduced a five thousand dollar rebate, but then the province province wide every province has its own rules. So where I live, it's oil country. So there's like zero incentive for EV here. But okay. on the other side of me, they've got I think eight thousand dollar incentive. So automatically, mm. your cost drops. In in Quebec, on the complete uh, eastern seaboard, they've got even more like incentives. So you're paying very less for an EV if you live on either extreme of Canada, but you're paying extremely high if you're in the center, center band. So the, the ownership cost experience varies dramatically based on where you stay in the country. So um, it's interesting. And uh, I think ultimately, I'll say EV has won in this country if they can win over Alberta because we are pure oil. Like this is the single source of oil in for the entire country. So um, if you can win over electric vehicles here, then yes, the EV, then we've completely made the transformation. Before we wrap up, I have one last question. This is talking about FSD. Considering that we have representatives from Canada, me, and from Norway, who is next slated to get FSD, mm -hmm. and Australia, who is hopeful FSD beta AU, um, are you guys all signed up for the FSD, like uh, on your cars? I have it on the, the Model 3. Model 3? Awesome. Uh, what about you, Lassie? I have it on the Model S. The Model, the model X I have is actually uh, uh, AP1. It's, it has the yes. SU1 and with everything. The mobilized, with the mobilized it's system. Just single Indian camera? Yes, single camera. Single camera? I've heard a lot of good things about that. I've yes. never experienced that. It works fantastic, apparently. Yeah, it works fantastic. Yes. Exactly. It works fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not that as uh, fr frightened as the... The Model 3 is it's kind of like an old horse with those, uh, you know, those uh, blinds. So it's kind of doesn't care about the <laughs> it doesn't care about what's happening on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> it just do what it should be. So, so that's interesting. It's interesting, though. I mean, um, well, very, I guess very relaxing with APL. No, no shadow breaking or anything. It's just uh, it just works. Yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, me and my family, we've had a bunch of phantom breaking events. We just, yeah. just do that. <laughs> it just does that. <laughs> your stomach is in your mouth suddenly, right? Like, um, uh, yeah, I hope they fix that. I think I think you have to give Tesla credit for trying to, you know, after their split with Mobileye, trying to develop their own vision system and trying to develop. It's not easy. Mobileye's been doing it for so many years. But when yeah. you want to do it in-house, vertically integrated, it takes time and effort. And so... We all, by signing up for FSD, we all, 
basically said we're we willing to be part of the iterative improvement process, right? Absolutely. And in any product development, there is, it, you know, it is a, it's a bad experience to begin and then becomes gradually better, 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 right? So I've not had any phantom breaking in the last couple of updates. That's true. Uh, yes, it's uh, uh, it's much less uh, now. It's a yeah, long yeah. time since I had the phantom breaking now, but uh, yeah. early 2019 it was. Uh, it, it was, was bad. Yeah, it was, my, yeah. my husband didn't want to drive the Model 3 at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, the wipers didn't work. You know, the. Oh, that's that's the problem, yeah. When I got my Model 3 SR Plus, I was like, okay, auto wipers, such a normal thing, right? Like, <laughs> it's supposed to do its thing. And then I realized that, okay, Tesla does not use sensors. But instead uses images of rain, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to know when to activate the wipers. I'm like, okay, you wanted to save cost, but you degraded the experience. Something so normal, you degraded it so badly yeah. that yeah. I don't trust it anymore. Like oh. I just manually do. I keep pushing the button manually a thousand yes, times. I, like I have, it, I have it turned off. And yeah. just same here. Same here. It just doesn't work. But you know what we're doing? We're not helping Tesla though. That's the problem. That's the constant problem I have. I feel bad myself when I when I do it manually. I'm not helping training the neural network because Tesla says mm -hmm. if you have it on auto and then you push the button when you expect it to do it, that's when it will send that footage back to the neural network. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't do it every time we do it manually. So we are not helping training the system. But at the same time, Tesla, you, you would think that they're able to simulate rain like and get enough training on the neural network. Like... Yeah. Uh, and get enough images to train on without us having to do it. So when you you would expect them to deploy something that's really high quality, but anyway, uh, the, uh, you, sh you guys should answer that question. Uh, how has FSD or rather not FSD yet, but how has autopilot been for you in the last year uh, ever since the 2020 update started rolling out for your the, for your uh, hardware 3.0 cars, not the not the AP1 cars, of course. How Do you have the entire autopilot experience? That's the first question I have. It's uh, it's kind of nerfed in Europe. <laughs> we have a much poorer experience with the uh, with the autopilot in uh, in Europe than in uh, North America. Because mm. the regulations. So it uh, aborts uh, much more easily, and um, uh, it's not it's not we good. Can, no, we cannot do curves if they're too steep right mm. yeah. and uh, yeah. it's a lot of other stuff that they uh, changed to meet the government government rules mm. they, they actually changed uh, the the old ap1 cars too to have the same restrictions on that oh. one so oh, it's man. actually worse Downgrade. for the ap1 cars too so Downgrade, yeah well, I guess um, Tesla has to get approval from regulators. So, and and we have heard the regulators in Europe are far more. I don't know if they're stricter stringent. or more stringent, or there are more rules, more requirements. Considering Europe is a hub for a lot of automakers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you would think there's a long list of requirements to satisfy before you can, you know, like bake cake with these guys. Um, same thing with Canada. I mean, it's not like anything that works in the US just automatically works here, even though we're neighboring countries. It doesn't automatically mean we get everything. Like, till now, we haven't got the stop on traffic light automatic or stop on stop sign automatic. The we US has had that. 
Mm. We have we have it, but it it stops on every color. No, so, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. so see, you guys have one step degraded to what we had. When it started for us, we had that. It would stop on every single light color. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. to push the pedal. Now yeah. what it does, yeah. it, if there's a following car, it will follow it and it will recognize the red is green. But mm. what it will do is, if you're the leading car, if you're the first car at a set of lights and then the light changes to you green, to, to red, yeah, yeah, you still yeah. have to push with the accelerator pedal. Yeah, yeah. Which yes. is annoying because I expect, I'm like, if you can do it when you're following one car, why can't you just do it? Like, why can't you just activate that? Like, what's your big deal? <laughs> um, but that's anyway, think, so things I like that. I think had answered that. He said it's it's for Dojo to learn what a human's response will be. Yeah, but yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. When, you, when the light turn, red turns green, humans yeah. will go. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get simpler than that. But um, true. So there are gaps. I mean, I just we just wanted to understand what, how different is the experience in Norway compared to say Canada and Australia and uh, the US is the same. US yeah. California is obviously the best autopilot experience you can have. So yes. I, I always take uh, autopilot review videos with a grain of salt because most of the people who put these videos are out in California where it is the best experience possible. So yes. I just take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, it's going to be about 50 to 60% worse for me than this. So yeah. what does that look like? And I try awesome. to imagine, okay, so. Um, if, if you guys if you guys are interested, a bunch of YouTubers uh, in Australia, we do uh, AP runs, they call autopilot runs. Every single time a software update comes, yeah. uh, we, we do something called urban autopilot challenge. We choose nearly the same route uh, and we engage autopilot and see how many times we have to disengage in this route. So that Ooh. sort of gives people a perspective how the, the improvements have happened. Uh, well, all it's are it's not like that. every software update autopilot improves. Sometimes there are massive yeah, regressions. Regressions as well. Yeah. And we've seen that. Oh, and, um, yeah. and we like to just be open about the fact that not every software update improves the experience. It does sometimes certain things break. So yeah. to make certain things, you got to break certain things. And that's... That's fact with code. Code is never complete. You know, like yeah. you ask any coder, they're like, okay, you put out any core functions, they're not finished. There's always mm -hmm. something you can improve, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the Tesla story, I guess. It's continuous mm -hmm. improvement all the time. Um, guys, I have just one question uh, completely unrelated to Tesla. Uh, I hope you guys are all safe in Norway. The COVID has not affected you guys, your families or any of them. I hope everything is okay because... Australia has done really well, but we're really always concerned about uh, the remainder of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I was watching Thanks, a funny video. Yeah. Are yeah. you guys okay? Oh, definitely. Yes. And, and uh, we, uh, Norway actually have done very good mm. in the COVID situation. We, uh, if you look at Sweden, it's, <laughs> it's about the same and it's uh, the country and it's, uh, you know, they have 10 times more Fatality mm. than we do. Wow. Twice, uh, twice the population and 10 times uh, more uh, fatalities. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, <laughs> very sad. The, the Sweden yeah. uh, method wasn't uh, good, didn't mm. uh, work that well. I think, yeah, so, that approach took a little bit of a U turn. Um, it worked for a bit and then just stopped working completely, I guess, that approach. Um, yes. Yes. And now yeah. everybody gets the, the shot. <laughs> okay. Australia is the best in the world right now, along with New Zealand, though, I think. Like, New there's a lot of sports with spectators in stadiums, and people are like, I was watching a funny video the other day. Um, uh, I think it was Canadians watch random stuff on YouTube, and they were oh. watching a 
a sport that was uh, like a match of cricket that was being played between India and Australia. And they're like, how do they have spectators in the crowd? Like, what's going on? Like, do they live on another planet? Like, <laughs> it's really that good. I mean, the situation has, has uh, Australia has been very good at that. Um, Australia has been good. Managing the situation. And um, our national averages are very, very low. I think overall we had only 4,000 cases in the entire run for the entire country. 4,000 odd cases. I can't, no, no, maybe 12,000. I can't remember the, the exact. It was 12,000, 12, I think. Uh, but uh, New South Wales, the state that I live in, uh, has had uh, uh, many, many uh, days of zero cases. The neighboring states have all had zero cases as well. So they're doing well. We, we, most of our people who are positive are in hotel quarantine. Um, we've had a few few cases of international uh, tennis players because Australian Open is going to start now. Um, so we have a few international players who are in hotel quarantine. One or two of them have become positive. Their their support staff have become positive. They're all in quarantine. Um, so so, I mean, um, it's it's uh, it's kudos to the government that uh, they're able to control this and nip this in the bud. Of course, we have the advantage of being a large country with smaller population density as well. So we still have that. that so, yeah. Yes. On a happy note, on a happy note, though, the latest FSD beta dropped last night, as per yes. And um, it only was bug fixes, but I, I, and Elon did say beta 10 or 11 is when he might see, uh, we might see it being slightly more prevalent and go out to more people. But we don't know if that's going to be more early access people or just general public. Um, I don't think it's ready for prime time, though general public wise because you have to focus too much i think you have to focus more than autopilot right now mm -hmm. because you're trying you're letting the car do it's that feeling when you first got an autopilot it took your hands off the steering wheel and you're like <laughs> it's doing its thing oh my god and now the how the car is going to do everything um, yeah. it's going to be nerve-wracking for me I think. sorry with the, when the with the ap1 uh yeah. In the first, when you got autopilot, you didn't have to touch the wheel, you know, <laughs> at all. I felt like you could drive for five minutes or something. Wow. Without touching the wheel. It was definitely, it was autopilot. It was like driving all the time. You could see the wheel. I had, I have movies that, you know, you could see the wheel going around, not touching it at all. No way. Mm -hmm. It would take turns. Yeah, no, uh, only on the highway and stuff like on that. On the highway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, you mean auto steer, basically. Yeah, on, uh, and on the smaller roads as well, of course, as long as the lines were clear. Uh, but uh, then it was very... See, you said very a very important point, Lasse. Very important point. See, you mentioned as long as the lines are clear. That is mm -hmm. my only concern right now with FST beta. And what I'm seeing, the footage I'm seeing of people in the U.S. showing it. I mean, we we do have Dirty Tesla who's in Michigan, and he's got winter there, and he's able to. He's showing different things, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just don't know. Canada, we've got sheet ice on our roads right now. It's been that way for freaking two months now, yeah. and uh, we're waiting. I mean, Mother Franca on Twitter, he nicely said, "This is day 93 when we don't have uh, FSP data." That's <laughs> off to him. Shout out to Mother Franca in the house. Um, but um, he's our FSD beta campaign manager in Canada. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're, we're excited and we're asking Elon Musk every day only because we want to help improve the system. And, mm -hmm. and um, I think it will help the rest of Europe as well because ice is ice, regardless of where yeah. it falls or where yeah, it gets formed. Yeah. So um, you guys do the car you can follow. And if you don't have lines, then it's... But what I am seeing though, 
is it looks pretty hopeful that it can map its environment. It's more than just autopilot. It autopilot mm -hmm. relies very heavily on identifying lines to be able to do its job. But mm -hmm. I think this is more about mapping the environment as a whole. So mm -hmm. it's able to, to detect side roads, curbs on the road, like bumps and objects on the road. I think it's it's processing yeah. far more than just plain, uh, yeah, even autopilot right. or navigate on autopilot. So I am yeah. hopeful. And I'm hopeful because I paid money for it. And I hope we get our money's worth. <laughs> we all. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think uh, we're out of time, guys. I think we've gone. We're one hour 24 minutes into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out of time. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, and we really appreciate it. We should do this again, I think, after we all get FSD beta. And yeah. I want and uh, just like share our thoughts and yeah, compare and, notes, absolutely. And maybe, you know what, like, um, if you guys want to plug anything, feel free to plug here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to shout out to anybody in Norway who we missed or not spoken about and who we'd love to have you on the show. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, though. We really appreciate your input and your insight. And um, can speak again soon. Thank you, Nash. I, I, wonder, I wonder if you can just make uh, Bjorn Nyland your king or something like that. I, I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, have, I have two all in Norway, you know. So, uh... yeah. well, I guess shout out to Bjorn Island. I mean, there's no, no. I mean, everybody seems to know him from Norway. But yeah, thank you He's a Tesla guru. I watched his videos first before I even uh, thought about buying a Tesla. I have yeah. two. I have two very important plugs, and I want to do this on air. The first plug is to my co-host uh, Kaushik. He sent me this cap. Uh, this is a great-looking cap. I love it. It's got my win number on the side. It's, it's wrong side, match. Oh, sorry, wrong side. Yeah, wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> my win number of the car is over here. It's really no, cool. I have and to give a shout out to Visceral Wheeler, who yeah. who is in Ontario, who does this, who who makes these who makes these hats, and uh, I sent some of them to Nash. It's Cyril Wheeler's signature on the side and the and the bin. So that's the one for your model model three. Yes, you have? Model three. yes, yeah, yep. that's my model please win. And then second shout out to the East Bay guys who sent me this t-shirt. Very kind of them. Uh, uh, so uh, awesome. my good mate uh, Chad from um, uh, from East Bay. Very, very kind of him to send, send uh, t-shirts across. Um, and uh, if anything at all, please uh, feel free to plug. Thank you very much for being here, guys. You, It, it has been an amazing oh, educational experience to know what the uh, the European uh, experiences and particularly Norway, which is doing phenomenally well with regards to EVs and and the whole works. Amazing. Now we want to understand generally how does an EV rich market look, and how where the rest of the world is because we happen to be from three corners of the world right now. I mean, Nash is down south in Australia. I'm in Canada. You're in Norway. So um, thank you so much for giving us your insight because it it shows what we should aspire to be. And and where we how we can get there, you know, and uh, also spreading the word. And um, we've been doing this only for three months now, but we managed to speak to people from the U.S., from Sweden, from Norway, from and uh, Australia. So it's yeah. it's really we feel more connected than ever before. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I hope you had a good experience. Thanks yeah, for having us. Yeah, and uh, before I sign off, the Tesla community is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Tesla community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheers. Every time. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>